My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. I am Amanda. I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. And I'm Sky. And today we are talking about something that I think all people who are new to the uh, Korean entertainment and Japanese entertainment world and Chinese entertainment world too, let's be honest, um, are probably familiar with if they don't even realize that they're familiar with it. And that is the concept of the flower boy. We're going to talk about like, what is a flower boy? The history of a flower boy? It's going to be a very informative episode. You guys are going to love it. I swear. I promise. (laughs) We did research. It's great. For anyone who is not familiar with it, a flower boy is sort of the, like, it's like an aesthetic look, right? So it's the, you know, softer, you know, more androgynous looking men. Think, think Taman from Shiny or literally any of the members of Boys Over Flowers, whose title may indicate flowerness connection <laughs> to this topic uh but they actually have quite a long storied history in you know korean history uh and talk about that amanda let's take away with the history of the flower boy take it away which probably a lot of our listeners who watch dramas probably have some basic concept of flower boy and probably also some basic concept of huarang or huarang, however you would pronounce that. Um, Because there was the drama. um, I know for a lot of newer K-pop fans, the drama huarang was sort of the the first drama because BTS's V was in it. And, you know, so that was very exciting and it drew lots of people into K-drama land. So um, I have noticed that that's the first drama for a lot of new fans, which is pretty cool. So the story of Horang, they're the flower knights. It was their thing in the kingdom of Shilla, sort of from about 50 BC to about 950 modern era, Shilla was one of the three kingdoms that took up the Korean peninsula. Around 500, there was, around the year 500, um, I guess it was 530, the kingdom took Buddhism on as their like official religion of the kingdom. And so as part of that, they started a whole program where they brought in the young men of of noble families of you know educated young men handsome educated polite moral young men brought them together and sort of trained them in a form of buddhism that sort of like focusing more on um like philosophy and arts and ethics it was kind of almost like a a diplomacy program like we're, we're raising up young leaders or, or whatever um, one of the things I thought was interesting when I was looking into it is that the earliest mention of the of this group is actually written as Huanang which indicates female or girl it was actually like flower girls which they were boys it was men but they believe, the historians believe that that's in reference to 
an earlier program from a couple of centuries earlier, there was a flower women program and more modern patriarchal um, takes on that was that they were, you know, courtesans. It was like a, a high end whore system. <laughs> you right? know what? Isn't that always the way? Like, <laughs> historically is like, about women it's like well they must just be fancy hookers and it's like not everyone was a fancy hooker yeah okay? so the more more recent more modern um historical looks into these ancient texts is there's no indication of anything sexual they were being trained in ethics these women were trained in philosophy and ethics and arts and the Shilla kingdom is known for having at least three different queens who ruled um, in and of their own right. So women were up until that point taken a little bit more seriously than they were perhaps later in society there. So, um, so I just thought that was interesting that it, it was initially called Flower Girls because it was based on a program that was started for women by women and became more known as the flower boys or the flower knights. It was to increase um, the Buddhist tenets within like sort of outside of the monk, the monk system or the monks like, okay, not every guy can be a monk, obviously, but we want to have leaders who embrace these things in this, in the secular world, in the in the world, they still embrace this stuff. So originally they weren't, don't appear to have been a warrior group. They were trained in martial arts, but only as like a defense thing and as a uh, sort of form of like self-control, like learning mm -hmm. self-control, learning how to defend the, the faith that they were being trained in kind of thing. And so the, like three sort of areas of study were self-defense, self-control, and self-confidence. So that's what they were training these young men to come up in. And then they also had five, the five precepts for living a secular life. And it's sort of a hierarchy of laws for that we're supposed to monitor all their decision-making. And so number one is allegiance to your sovereign. So allegiance to the nation, to the king, the queen, your lord, whoever's above you. Number two is treating your parents with respect and devotion. So love your, love your boss, love your parents. And then third was trust your friends. So trust, uh, trust and sincerity amongst your friends. And the, the last two were more battle oriented. So number four is like never back away from a fight. And number five is never ever take a life without just cause. So don't just go willy nilly starting stuff. Just, you know, they're meant to be defense initially. Mm -hmm. After they've been around for a while, they started learning horsemanship and archery and like ladder climbing which i guess is good for you know getting over the walls of places and stuff and they are really considered to have played a really big part in uh uniting multiple kingdoms and helping 
Shilatu uh, maintain itself for the length of its, its reign. The program continued up until about 930, 950, something like that, when the Shilla kingdom was usurped by another kingdom. Um, and it, the program appears to have stopped. The term continued to be used up until the 12th century. It's found in texts up to the 12th century. But at that point, it was more of a derogatory term. They weren't really referencing the knights at that point. They were, it was more like a calling people Nancy boys or something like it was mm -hmm. not, not so good after that, but that was kind of its initial thing. And then, yeah, in 1945, when they threw off the shackles of oppression and got to be Korea again, they started looking into their history more and finding out stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the the myth of the flower knight returned. Yes. And it's, yes. if you look it up on Wikipedia, you can see like they've got all these like there's medals and like things that the government will issue to certain you, you can, you know, earn a medal of hooray and, and all this stuff. So they've started to, yeah, bring it, bring it back. That's really cool, though. I mean, as far as something yeah. that essentially disappeared for a while and was even used in a derogatory mm. form for a bit yeah for modern mm. society to look back and then use yeah. it mm. as as a word of honor again yeah. like that's actually pretty cool yeah, well, yeah. It, it would We're it would make it. sense yeah. yeah it would make sense from the standpoint of like that they were sort of denied talking about their history while under Jack Japanese occupation. So like, you know, embracing these sorts of uh, historical concepts and figures and things would make sense as a way of like reclaiming their Korean identity. Yeah. After. Mm -hmm. One of the things so, that I read and I can't remember where I read it, but um, that they said was that, that sort of turn to the der derogatory really um, appears, to, is found mostly in like Chinese texts. So mm. it seems mm. to have occurred more when the like Chinese were occupying and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. um, so it, you can kind of see how it was maybe used to like denigrate your history and your past and mm -hmm. you're not really warriors. So just sit there and, and take it kind of thing. Initially, it was like a social club more or like a, a college, a fancy, you know, kind of like going to like King's College here or what's that? point whatever the the military what? college in the state west point west point you know like it's it's supposed to be where you're going to learn to be like the best and um sort of a comparison would be uh like in the uh, middle ages in europe like knights were sort of the leaders oh, and this was kind of that level like mm -hmm. they wouldn't have been the the trenches warriors these are the guys that are making the decisions and the commanders stuff and the commanders yeah. so yeah that was their that was their setup but initially it was, of you know a club where you went and learned about art and talked philosophy and art and full art and philosophy art and philosophy and, you know, and then pay. they were like that and also thing, you know? <laughs> three and like don't, you know, don't back down from a fight. Let, 
And we mean more than like just a good discussion. We mean actually punch that guy in the face if like, he's, you know. Pick, pick up a sword, you know, do your thing, but like, but you must have a good reason for it. Yeah. 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 So don't totally. just go around killing people. No, no, no discriminate murder. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So after, you know, the Korean War, the U.S. had a very high military presence in Korea and still do to this day. And because of that, sort of the, the Western notion of masculinity was sort of pushed in to Korea. So that's, you know, you see all the movies that are coming out of the, you know, the 70s and the 80s. Um, and they, you know, they're like the, the gangster, like the, the salary man, like, you know, very patriarchal concepts coming in. But then um, a little tiny band that people don't know about Sayotaji and the boys, you know, this little unknown group shows up <laughs> and explodes with popularity amongst girls and women, and I'm sure various others, um, which presented a very different style of masculinity, um, which then became popularized. Uh, and has its roots in uh, something I think Jesse's going to talk about. Well, yeah, right I think now. when we're discussing Flower Boys, it's like key to like discuss how they are tied to actual like, K dramas and where that um, kind of distinction lies because there are some things that are presented in K dramas with the Flower Boys stereotype that are from um, mm -hmm. like their past history, but a lot of it is actually from. Uh, Japanese influence and not mm -hmm. historical Japanese influence but just historical Japanese young women focused media. The line between a flower boy drama and a rom-com is actually very close in, on the like outside you kind of they're very close in what they are and and some of the like the differences between the the two are things that you see in a lot of Japanese media that is centered for young adults so like these dramas will be focused for young audiences and females and so that's how the flower boys come to be because it's in the perspective of these young teenagers so that's why you're seeing the the flower boys be um younger and then also like calmer kind of I mean we'll talk about boys over flowers but like you know like sweeter and gentler and that sort of thing and it literally just ties into shoju manga which literally is just manga that targets a, a younger female audience and within those pieces a lot of the art that's representing a lot of the the males in those were drawn very much like you would see flower boys today. So they have very soft, gentle features. Flower is used a lot in like to represent things. And so that kind of like transcends into what you will see in K-dramas. And also the fact that the big start of flower boy dramas in K-dramas literally came from a mm -hmm. Korean adaptation of an already done work, which we're talking about flower. Uh, boys over flowers um mm -hmm. and i think what's interesting also about the uh flower boy trope is that it also uses a lot of um reverse harems and so yeah. this is where you see um the fact that 
you can have multiple flower boys in one drama, but not all of the flower boys are going to be tied romantically to the main female lead. Mm -hmm. They're there to serve them in some rep like way, but they're not always going to be a romantic lead. And so that's kind of where it like ties off a little bit more from like just your standard rom-com because yeah. the main female lead has the suitors in the flower boy group, but she also has the people who are friends or friends of the flower boys who are always like mm -hmm. uplifting everything. So it's like the, the media is centered around the woman getting mm -hmm. all the help she needs to eventually land the guy essentially um and so it's interesting to see kind of like how it like it, it ties in with a lot of like what you see in japanese mm -hmm. history of manga as opposed to japanese like history because i mean like it all ties in but mm -hmm. it's definitely um has influences in that sort of thing and that's where you will see some of the things in like especially with flower boy or boys over flowers i keep wanting to say flower boy um boys <laughs> over flowers because it was really the first to kick off this mm -hmm. and because it's like pretty close to exact like duplicate of the the Japanese source material um you see a lot of that and so then when everything else kind of like stems off of that one thing you kind of keep up with this mm -hmm. influence and so it's it literally is just this kind of like conglomeration of a bunch of different things mm -hmm. like kind of producing these flower boys like if you yeah. want a perfect example of what she's talking about from like japanese entertainment just watch the anime uran school host club because it literally is that to a t the reverse harem where it's like mm -hmm. not everyone's the romantic interest but they're all like you know what you would think of as like the modern flower boy type as being, you know, and very centered towards, you know, female watchers. And um and I think I think that's really interesting too because uh, a lot of like rom-coms you see when males keep on getting like not all of them. I'm like mm -hmm. it's not all of Certain them, ones. but like for most of them when you see another male that is like actually positioned to be very close to the female and they're not related mm -hmm. they're always going to be a suitor that's not the case with flower yeah. a boy dramas they are they not everyone is ever going to be like in line to potentially have her you know like as mm -hmm. their their wife or something like that and it's very clear there's a lot of like dramas that like you can see where it's just like they're the friends or they're just there to like mm. be the like shoulder to cry and without any sort of relationship and I think that's like an interesting kind of twist on it too because mm. mm -hmm. it's definitely deals with a lot of the age group too because you yeah. you know the content is going to be different and you know the rating of it is going to be different but there's not this kind of need for everyone to be going for that one girl it's kind of mm -hmm. like they're all there to kind of help her out kind of like you know snow white and the seven dwarves they're all just there to help her out and mm -hmm. just become the best person she can be essentially there, there's kind of this feeling yeah definitely kind of snow White and the seven dwarves most most of the young attractive male characters in that media it's like they are there to just everyone's safe and everyone's her friend on some level yeah. and mm -hmm. even though they might have different personalities they're all attractive but 
they're even if they're flirting with her it's in a very not really interested way no there's it's, just it's not like it. a whole bunch of second lead syndrome happening like no, you don't have second third like, fourth and fifth essentially lead wingmen uh, in yeah. the group um yeah, just yeah. Like being yeah. like you two it's, it's actually really do stuff it's really it's really interesting because like when you look at it that most media is made with men in mind so like the most of the things that you watch are made for primarily for men um so when you look at something like a flower boy drama it's very clear that this is for women because mm -hmm. none of, there's none of this like male power fantasy or male gaze happening because it's like what what would women like from men friendship so and support <laughs> wow and that sense of security support. and that and maybe you know looking like you know something to look at if you're bored but like <laughs> Like, you know, like, because women, they can, like, for example, most women can tell their girlfriends and their guy friends, oh, you look really nice today. But a lot of straight men cannot do that because of how they've been socialized to think mm -hmm. that any sort of positive, you know, interaction of this sort automatically is a sexual in nature, which is why you often have, like, you know, these men who get confused when women are nice to them because they think they're being flirted with when women are just because women nice. are just nice to each other mm. like as a form of friendship well i also think uh, especially with like the way that like flower boys are portrayed now i know this mm -hmm. is yes boys over flowers is kind of a bad but... example of this but like in yeah. terms of like appearance and everything the the males that are the 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 flower boys are very much like they're not aggressive in their look they're not intimidating mm -hmm. they're not scary they're very um pretty and like they have soft features and that just like feeds into help these young mm -hmm. adults in their journey to finding like their first relationships because it's mostly their first relationships mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the times the flower boys themselves will also be very supportive in their yeah. like, kind of development of their character um so they'll be kind of almost like the best friend but like they're the ones who get the girl at the end mm -hmm. um, but you never like see it as like they're just their best friend who mm -hmm. like really damage them in a way yeah boys over flower makes this really hard as like a comparison. Yeah, it is yeah but you can yeah. understand like <laughs> I, I i started watching um finally started watching coffee prints and i feel like it's almost a slightly better example in mm -hmm. some ways because yeah. they're all serving her in some way even though like they all think she's a guy but like they all yeah, like everybody likes like, her in the cafe mm -hmm. you can see that they're she's never a, like a a planned um path like as someone that they want as mm -hmm. like a, a relationship partner but they still will go out of their way to make sure that she, they are okay and they are comfortable and be a friend to them yeah it's like yeah like you know a friend and it's not hey. in the like second lead friend. no just 
there's, there's no ulterior motive there's nothing there. ulterior yeah about it. and yeah. and a lot of the times they don't, they don't even have like a female component in their storyline mm-hmm. as well they're just there and it's they're like just fine. There. and like you mentioned earlier jesse like sometimes especially when it is character development and it's usually young characters kind of growing up a little bit there's almost a slight mentor Mm. aspect archetype a little bit there because there is a bit of guidance like there's the support and there's some of it's especially a little bit older flower boy will be a little bit more of a guidance type character Mm -hmm. not not uber mentor really but there's still there's there's a lot of help there yeah you kind of see that like in like stuff like the flower boy next door where he Mm even though I think that he should have stayed the best friend. He had a very, like, <laughs> best friend. Uh-huh. Um, he, he was, like, he literally was the reason that she was leaving the house. She had really bad agoraphobia in that. And he was teaching her these things. But it was never in a way that was, like, I'm only teaching you these because I want the end result to be right. that you are going to be mine. And, like, then the other, like people on the floor that like were her like neighbors were just doing the same thing but they literally never had any sort of like Mm -hmm. romantic connection with her too and it's like very it's kind of like more of like uplifting than anything but like the really the main key to a flower boy kind of situation is that it is targeted for young audiences Mm -hmm. like high school or very early like young adults i must say it's really giving these unrealistic expectations about male <laughs> friendships with them well I mean, also yeah. isn't every- Not- <laughs> everything though yeah no notice how female driven media like that though the female characters are not treated as objects mm-hmm. by the male character like overall they're treated as actual people with yeah. emotional needs and they're given help in that way rather than being treated as an object to be claimed an object mm-hmm. to just be mm-hmm. lifted up as an object so that definitely shows you the different perspective yeah. that female media inherently has much less if it's younger like yeah i think it really uh you know sort of like a decade ago there was like that whole batch of like flower boy dramas for a little while and, and a lot of them and i feel like now most of that has like migrated online to the web dramas and like they um especially the like the idol dramas the ones that like the whole band puts out you know like yeah the exo next door or like can i step in or you know like they're giving us that all the boys work in this coffee mm-hmm. shop or all the you know and it's focused towards the and- younger girls and it's you know which is which is really interesting because from a K-pop standpoint, they really capitalize on the aesthetics and the emotions that uh, the flower boy concept sort of represents. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have instead of you know you do have like you know your two PMs, your wandos, but even then, like they while being buff and ripped and sort of more the male power fantasy, the personalities that they put out as their personalities are very sweet mm-hmm. and kind and not not aggressive like you know you feel like you know you could you know be safe with them in you know you know alone in a room yeah, you know absolutely. what i mean um and i feel like that that is like a really big part of k-pop is in the boy group sort of 
concept is that um a lot of it isn't about like being like oh making young girls like sexually attracted to these men but it's sort of like cultivating more of like uh your idol is your friend your idol is approachable your idol is non-aggressive like you know your idol is supportive of you as an emotional person yes so which which does lead into these really complicated like parasocial uh sort of relationships that people have formed with their k-pop groups that are oftentimes taken too far and not healthy because you know we've talked about it a lot on this podcast before you you know you know you know what's up the say sayings the you know people who need some help um but it it sort of it presents a, a very a different form of maleness for people to connect to mm-hmm. and with anything that becomes popular occasionally it bleeds out into all form, like all types of society like for example like um skincare and male cosmetics are becoming a lot more popular around the world um, because you know these sorts of the normalization of these more androgynous looks or these more soft more feminine looks that have become popularized um, which i think is great because skincare is for everyone okay like put some moisturizer on you know i like always find it interesting because this like the flower boy concept there's a flower boy concept for every different culture it's mm-hmm. always there it's always present and always has been there like mm-hmm. if you like what we were saying like snow and the seven dwarfs or any of the princes that you ever see in fables they are mm-hmm. flower boys and they're coming yeah. from a different complete culture so like it's interesting that like they're always there but like society it's not interesting we know why but like society is always the one to like kind of force it until they can start making money off of it yeah then you see it like why yeah it gets more popular to do this for the like female audiences because they'll like buy Mm -hmm. you know the albums or the yeah women have the buy like smart companies realize that women have buying power and and that side note that's why we get confused when they don't give like female groups a lot more stuff and therefore women anyway yeah <laughs> it doesn't make sense no, sometimes and the reason, and, you know, it, it, it all like flower girls as well like right yes. right like yeah. you know, it, it, mm-hmm. what what i find you know very interesting is that i feel like a lot of uh companies are confused about who the audience of girl groups are because there's this concept that like well if boy groups are for girls then girl groups must be for boys when in fact girl groups are also for for girls yeah like, and they would exactly. literally spend it it like doesn't even matter like your sexual attraction you no will no die for a like, female group like it doesn't like, matter listen like, spice I, girls was not for dudes spice <laughs> girls was for like, girls yes yeah, so, like <laughs> We all want, you know, the protective guy, but we also want the best friend, but we also kind of want to look like the best friend as well. Or like some of us also want to be with that like girl best friend. And like, like, there's no like not audience for both of those in the female group. The audience is for both. Yeah. (laughs) Shocking. Perhaps all of these concepts of what is for men and for women could possibly 
be social constructs and not innate actual things. Interesting. You know what? I've said it before and I've said it again. It's always shocking to me to realize that the patriarchy and like misogyny literally does not care that they could make so much more money. You think they would? Why, <laughs> they would. It, right? why are people more like, money driven? I really thought that people were more money yeah, driven. Because than I misogyny would, and like capitalism money. seem to go hand in hand. You would, so well, you, you know would what you think. Would, but see, the power of misogyny and the power of the patriarchy is so over-encompassing and brainwashing but, that they cannot get over themselves enough to make but, money. But off you would, of you would think it would way. go hand in hand with greed because greed, you know, the greed for power, right? And you would think the greed yeah, for money yeah. would be mm-hmm. right there. But apparently, <laughs> right there. the money is right there, beside boy. each other. Like, <laughs> like come on. And it's, but, but amazingly, <laughs> the, the greed for power over women and minority groups is much, much higher than the greed to make money off of those same groups. So the confusion exists. And, you know, you can't really talk about this exact topic of, like, the patriarchy's confusion without actually, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, you can't talk about it without mentioning how popular BTS is. And I'm, I'm good. I'll bring this around. So... Do you remember in the early 2000s when there was a little group called Hanson that blew up with popularity? Mm-hmm. Well, they were very flower, flower boy esque. Yes. They very, were basically very, the yes. Ameri- like the American Western version of Flower Boy. And you remember like how popular like One Direction was? Same concept. But you know what always went hand in hand with this popularity? Homophobia. And you see that continuing today, especially like, you know, if you look at BTS is just, it's an easy, it's an easy concept because it's so out there, right? Where, you know, you see these confused, like these confused people entrenched in their own misogyny and homophobia who are just flabbergasted that people like BTS because they'll say things like, they look like women. They look like gay men. Like, cause, like, there's something wrong with that. Apparently, skincare and personal hygiene yeah, makes like, you gay. So exactly. Like, okay. um, and like, women so, don't want men who smell babe. nice and take care of their skin. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Just it, it boggles their minds. Like, for example, like you know, um, there was this very like this video of Jimin from BTS that went around where everyone was like, oh, he's so beautiful and ethereal. And then people were like, I don't understand why women would like this, like when there's these big, burly, hairy men for them. And it's like, well, he looks like he washes, Frank. He looks like he washes, okay? If you even look like, you know, it takes on a much more like racist overtone as well, because you know, you can't have misogyny and, you know, homophobia without also a mix of white supremacy because all of these things are extremely extremely intertwined with one another so for example there was a a polish television show that was mocking um i think it was jungkook i don't remember which one it was um as being like voted like the number one most handsome man in the world by one of the you know just like one of those stupid online poll things and then first they mocked him for he looks like a woman he's not attractive and then you know took out a picture of J-Hope for some reason because they could not tell the difference between two Asian men who look 
and nothing alike. And we're going around and encouraging people on the street to openly mock their appearance and say racist remarks and like homophobic remarks and like misgendering him. And this leads to like, you know, this bleeds out into, you hear people say very shamelessly, like all Asian men are unattractive. And, and you're just, you have to like look at them and be like, what is, what is wrong with you? And it's because they've become so entrenched in this Western ideal of masculinity and this Western ideal of male beauty that the concept that people don't want that is a foreign entity to them. And then that leads to, you know, even like in the West, like, you know, they have such a problem with like Asian male representation in cinema um, and television and things. And it's like, this sort of sort of reaction to this flower boy concept is like a deep rooted masculine fear of like not being manly and or perceived as masculine because if you're not manly enough then that means you're gay when i was here thinking that wanting to have sex with men exclusively meant you were gay but what do i know i'm just a stupid woman you know um and so it leads to like the media focusing too heavily on the male gaze and ignoring the concept of the female gaze and then everything that is under the sort of umbrella of the female interest and the female gaze um is dismissed and which is why you know things that teenage girls like tend to be things that get mocked by everyone else, you know, by like the media and, you know, in general. Be because we can't let girls just enjoy like things, literally right? anything. It's because it's not their role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. A popularity of like a softer version of masculinity is sort of treated as an attack on, you know, white supremacy and the patriarchy. And just this inability to comprehend how like an outdated masculine hyper masculine ideal um isn't defeating the the softer appeal of, of you know the flower boy aesthetic and you know the flower boy personality um however we can clearly see like if you look at how many you know there's like you know male beauty youtubers and you know the rising popularity of k-dramas like look how many k-dramas netflix is picking up and people are obviously loving it because they're more catered like aesthetically to what women actually like as versus what men think women like so even when you have an idol like Wanho, for example, who's like buff as hell, and you would think like, oh, he's, you know, the male power dynamic, like that's the male power, you know, object. And what, you know, it's true when you see like, you know, on TikToks of bodybuilders like losing their mind over him, but his personality is sweet and kind and safe and open and pleasant. And he feeds his cats on, you know, his YouTube channel and he wears bunny ears and poses in you know literal flowers like you know i really forcing this, this concept home it like it rebalances sort of this aesthetic like power 
gaze where it's like sure he's he's buff as hell but he also embraces his more feminine attributes um and so like i feel like the the fan base of k-pop being primarily women and lgbtq like individuals um and you know people of color i i think that k-pop k-dramas and k-pop fans are seen as a threat to like the western status quo of you know what they're trying to push out into the world as sort of imperialistically taking over you know the minds and hearts of the people as it were so the media continues to be incredibly negative towards anything that steps outside of this status quo that has been basically perpetuated by men for centuries and uh basically by liking k-pop you're fighting against the patriarchy so fight the man my dudes like by saying <laughs> like by looking at someone like song Jun ki and being like that man is attractive with his you know softer features and you know kind eyes you're fighting the patriarchy, baby. Just stick with it, my dudes. Onward, flower boy army. Onward. <laughs> Onwards. March. I am going to bring a counterpoint. <clears throat> yes. Because I, I not only found it interesting, but and, and I'm going to be bringing some possible, you know, we've been talking about heavy things. I'm going to still bring some heavy things. Sorry. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so... There is an essay that written um, by Sammy Tavasoli. Sorry if I said it wrong. Um, the woes of the flower boy image. Mm. It's a really good essay. And I'm not saying, I don't know if, I'm assuming the person based on the name is not of Korean descent necessarily, but it, it is a very good in-depth look at some of the cultural aspects within South Korea mm. of the traditional masculine image as well as aesthetic on androgyny softer masculinity whatever you want to call that mm-hmm. um and I, I want to bring so we just said you know you natalia was discussing kind of from the western perspective of what the media was saying about that so with as far as from this essay uh they discussed within south korea and the culture there so at first, it's really easy. At first glance, it's easy to be like, oh, aesthetic androgyny is just turning traditional masculinity on its head. Like, that would be an easy thing to mm. assume. Um, it's not really the case, though. Uh, not to say that there aren't, you know, if you go ask on the street an older South Korean individual and how they view traditional masculinity versus aesthetic and draw, you know, they're going to have different set value points with that versus mm-hmm. the younger audience and all those things. So there's a lot to unpack there, mm-hmm. but the thing that's pretty important to realize about within South Korean culture is aesthetic androgyny capitalizes on traditional masculinity and it doesn't really change it at all. Males are still in a position of power despite yeah. having aesthetic androgyny um, and looking softer and all these things. But as far as the power structure that exists and how women are still under that and how definitely sexual minorities are still under that and how even aesthetic androgyny affects 
I'm not going to talk about women so much in this respect, but sexual minorities. So let's say before aesthetic androgyny was a, a more popular thing in the 2000s, 2010s, when, when it's becoming more of a thing. Um, imagine before that, how if you were a part of the sexual minority and if you were more on the male scale of things, how you would have certain markers to indicate that you were a part of that minority. Mm -hmm. And now imagine when aesthetic androgyny is kind of taken over by a lot of heterosexual fellas in the media and otherwise, it all, all of a sudden becomes on some level easier for those sexual minorities to maybe not be picked on quite as Margin easily. Marginalized quite as much, yeah. It's kind of like a lot of their markers were taken from them, mm -hmm. essentially. A, their identities become a little bit erased and muddled. Yeah, to where, honestly, if you do look at some, some of the K-pop idols, clo you know, clothing styles dance moves like you know if you really pick apart a lot of this stuff they were essentially taken from sometimes sexual the markers of that sexual minority people mm -hmm. would have mm -hmm. to set themselves apart and really a part of their cultural identities so realizing that that's at play i think is very important mm -hmm. and also the essay went on to talk a lot about and sometimes to graphic detail the role that the military has in the midst yeah. of all of this and you know in case you don't know which i'm sure you do since you're listening to us but if you're south korean and you're a fella more than likely you're probably going to serve in the military because that's the way it works mm -hmm. and the reality is the power structure that exists within the military there's a lot of bad stuff that still goes on yeah. there <laughs> a lot of harassment and a lot of even it's not that it's, oh, just hush-hush stuff. It's actually, if you if it gets found that you are sexting, if, if you're gay and sexting and all these, just sexting, like you will, you pretty much get fined and you, you, you get in serious trouble, like officially, not even just hazing and all those awful horrific things. There's actually official steps that are taken to usually then kick you out like there's lots of awful yeah. things mm -hmm. and given the fact that most of the male population of the country goes through the military and this they have to deal with all of that so it's even basically a forced closeting at this point like though well no laws against being gay in korea they're sort of you have to hide it but too. there's there's rules within the mil yeah there's rules within yeah. the military to punish you so mm -hmm. I say all that to say, not even just from the sexual minority standpoint, but even if you're, if one of the males was not a part of the sexual minority, you still get inundated with a lot of that hypermasculine, hypermasculine stuff. But like even just the power structure that mm -hmm. exists, not just, and the military is very, very important to their cultural identity because since they all go through it, they all then say afterwards, usually it's, you know, that's when I grew up. That's how I became a man. That is, it's very much a part of their masculinity. Doesn't really matter if you're on the traditional masculine side or the aesthetic androgyny side. It's, it's, a, it's a huge part of stuff. And I'm not going to keep on packing that, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's worth remarking that that's an aspect mm -hmm. that is a big deal. Um, it makes the fact that like, the the military has a harangue medal a little 
suspicious. It's like an order of military merit, the Hwarang medal. And like, but like, God forbid you're actually displaying any flower boy content with and, and, in, in that, in that sense, the military. Like, I feel like idols having to go into the military, probably because they're so high profile, they can avoid a lot of that sort of like negative treatment about their aesthetics. Like, can you imagine being Joe Kwan and having to go into the military? And then, you know what I mean? Like, that would be, if you weren't famous, yeah. that would be incredibly traumatic. Well, that could also, I mean, we won't get into it because it's such a huge yeah. topic, but um, already the idols have already been suffering through traumatic stuff already. So they're already, yeah. once they get to the point of things happening in the military, they've already had years of their adolescence being that or worse. Treated like commodities. Yeah. So that's where you've, uh, honestly, when you see a lot of the idols who go into the military, it's like finally something that they can breathe. Yeah. I just, I think it's just, it's definitely something to keep, looking into and like talking about mm -hmm. and we're obviously not going to discuss everything about it but like just to yeah. know that like there are actual like consequences and like side mm -hmm. like not good things that are actually associated through things uh, mm -hmm. with the flower boy and I mean like it can also go back to the patriarchy and the that um if you look at it in these dramas even though they are for young females the young females are being coddled by males they're not yeah. really like they, they develop sometimes on their own but for the most part it's because a male has helped them which just kind of plays into that so there's like always yep. a dark side to all of this and it's like always yeah. something to keep in mind and keep just the knowledge of and how it can affect especially yeah. when you're younger mm -hmm. the perspective the perception of things because you know young kids who like look at all this stuff and they're like oh he's so dreamy and not seeing it and then yeah. if it doesn't become a thing that's like checked or made aware of it just mm -hmm. um manifests into internalized misogyny and then that becomes an yeah. issue later on but and and i know for yeah. even myself like sometimes if i don't think critically enough on the yeah. on looking at the culture it comes out of scale because that's that's always ultimately an important thing because just like you know natalia discussed from the western perspective of things and it's not bad to see it as combating the patriarchy on our end mm -hmm. but it's, it's been co-opted as a way but to, but it's yeah for me when i think of it from the western perspective it's easy for me to assume and then project my western perspective oh and korea it must be the same no not necessarily no like it's and so that's you know always always to keep things in mind and not that not to drag down the yay flower boy concept it's just <laughs> yeah the reason i bring up this specific essay is because it was just very good about hey as far as it's not like it's turning the patriarchy on its head within yeah. korea mm -hmm. was their point and like most of these idols or whoever else you know the typical heterosexual male that is projecting androgyny it's not a bad thing but like it's not as if they're losing out on any they're pretty much yeah. gaining power from doing that to just be more aesthetically pleasing and so 
there's just always you know always stuff to learn and definitely man. keep an Patriarch. open eye out for stuff the patriarchy's a hell of a drug man uh, well enough for hell them to drug. just like we were ranting earlier it's a hell of a drug to the point that they even ignore like cash monies from women <laughs> right money doesn't make the world go round <laughs> apparently like it, it's it's stunning but the need to continue to be in control is seemingly more important even though they can't quite figure that out than making literal mm. stacks of cash so flower boys like if they were real like if a flower boy was a real person they would be willing to take monies from women they would be willing to take the money you know what and they would be willing <laughs> to have have a partner who makes more money than them and not feel emasculated about it they just be happy that she's doing well you know that's the sort of vibe we're going for here. The, the perfect flower boys to uplift their yeah. partner, not. Yeah. I, I, it, it would be interesting to see like the flower boy aesthetic, but if you age it up a bit. I mean, I know that's I essentially it. new to romance. I love it to a point, <laughs> but like yeah, it is new to romance. It is new to romance. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> They, all these things, they connect. But they connect. if you knew to romance and reverse harem the heck out of that, that would be so yeah. fun. <laughs> okay, I, I'm now having this, like, oh, picture no. of, like, a Boys Over Flowers remake, but it's set in, like, a nursing home where they're, like... <laughs> yeah, but how cute and fun would that be? Like, oh my goodness. Well, isn't that essentially also, it like, not just Nuna romances, but, like, uh the the separation romances where like you fell in love with the person when you were younger and then were separated mm. and you come back because it's all like kind of you remembering that time mm -hmm. when you were an adolescent and the the yeah. love of it and that's like kind of like why I think a lot of people who are older like to watch flower boy dramas because it's mm -hmm. you're reminiscing about how like fun it was to be that young and kind of that naive essentially to not have the world you know telling you all the crappy things that the world has to yeah. offer yeah um, it's like it's but like that has that sort moment, of flower boy forget thing, that the like, world exists yeah and think of and think of a better idealized world <laughs> yeah that's what Where, the flower boys represent an idealized <laughs> world so we will be uh sharing not on the podcast but on the blog post we will be having a list of dramas that relate mm -hmm. to all these things we're not going to go into all that because we talked a lot yeah and, and, and this is like more about like education of flower boys i'm sure yes. that like most people or a good majority of the percentage of people who are listening their are first familiar. drama was a flower boy drama and yeah. they may not have realized it depending upon where you are in your drama journey. we 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 can share that very quickly we can share what our first interaction with <laughs> like so i know for me um at first because uh, at glance you could be like no might not well, if you haven't seen it you don't know that it's a flower boy thing because it doesn't say flower in the title <laughs> but i can definitely tell you my bridge between taiwanese and korean dramas <laughs> was fabulous boys and you're beautiful and that is as flower boy as you can possibly get <laughs> and if we're talking not boys over flowers um the second korean drama i ever watched 
was Shut Up and Let's Go, whose alternate title is Shut Up Flower Boy Band. So literally, mm-hmm. literally there. Also, that's a great, that's a great drama. Oh, I love it and so much. <laughs> it's such a good drama. And like, listen, that I've never seen a drama have quite a twist after the episode <laughs> as that drama had. So if you want to be taken for a wild ride, do in not episode, read anything. Don't do not read anything about it. it. Just go watch the first episode and prepare for your jaw to drop at the cliffhanger at the end. That's all I have to say. Well, so for me, like, I guess Flower Boys have always been something that I like mm-hmm. since high school. I've like yeah, known about, but not known. Yeah. Like, yeah. so anime and like even kind of like the how people play with that within anime, like, mm-hmm. you know, animes like Utana. Um, but like the way I talked about this before, the way I got into dramas was because of the anime and because of learning Japanese but the first drama that I watched was Boys Over Flowers but I watched it because at the time I didn't know I was into a flower boy band double s 501 so like that was the reason I I knew flower double s 501 for a really long time it was kind of the first k-pop group that I was like this is it and then it's literally why I picked Boys Over Flower first because I knew from them because uh, KHJ is the lead and then, you know, some of the mm-hmm. boys are in it to sing their song and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, I had the, like, I was like the standard Boys Over Flowers first yeah. person, you know, first drama mm-hmm. person, but like with a little bit of like an already like pedal trail to it. <laughs> <laughs> literally, yeah. Yeah. I think my first, I and I didn't even know it was a thing at the time, right? So I wouldn't have known to call it that. But my first, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's not. I think my first would be, I want to say, is Cinderella in the Four, four Nights, which is, you know, oh, very, it's very much very of much. a flower boy system. I think, actually, my first one is Flower Boy Ramen Shop. Which also, you know, Problem. pretty boys serving noodles. It's a, you know, but I am not a big fan, so I block it out of my brain. So yeah. Yeah. it just but, you know, floats away. Yeah. I, I love aspects of it, and that's a special drama. That's the, a there's special I, drama. <laughs> I'm unhappy with the ending, so that's it. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, probably it's either that one or Cinderella and the Four Nights. I definitely yeah. watched the two sort of early on in my in my experience. I wonder if we're gonna come back to now that like everything like you know keeps coming back, uh, like a time where there will be another spout of like specifically flower boy dramas. Like we, can we have them now because we can <laughs> we can say that like almost every you know school drama that's coming out is a mm-hmm. flower boy drama like extraordinary you is a flower boy drama yeah. if we're thinking about that but like mm-hmm. specifically you know how like on the nose they were with like boys mm-hmm. over flowers and flower boy ramen shop and shut up flower boy but where they were like specifically like that was the thing i wonder if we're gonna cycle back to that I, I, I was when when we were you know researching this episode i was actually thinking that as far as the even the term flower boy, because I feel like, so I'm just, I'm going to use Chanu for just a second because he's easily, mm-hmm. you'd point to him as like flower boy, right? Yes. But quite often when they, even when he was younger and he'd be on a variety show, they'd usually 
talked to he he is that aesthetic but they'd also do like i guess because he they call him like the boy out of comics so it's still mm. it's still that thing yeah. but then then they never really say flower boy it's always like out of the comics out of the comics this and that yeah. it's like so i find it interesting that they haven't used the term like flower and like they really have on it the nose like they used fallen to out of, uh, mm-hmm. fallen out of fallen out of say it, but it is it's that right we, like, like it's what yeah. it is yeah we know. We yeah. Know what's up. Like with yes, you're you're look, making it look like he's a character out of a manga, which would make him a flower boy. boy. It's not going <laughs> yeah, that like, far right. with the word. Right. He really, he really looks like a a shoju uh, <laughs> manga character. Um, That's weird. Yeah. I wonder what another word for that might be. <laughs> But it makes you wonder if it's like trendy or if it kind of fell out of yeah favor with Probably. the trend. Mm-hmm. So they kind of you know say it a different way right now. And yeah, if they'll ever get back to being like, well, this is just flower boy stuff. Like just we're just gonna it. make another hub. yeah yeah. Oh, let's hope. But I'm <laughs> listen. I'm still into this like flower boy retirement home yeah. idea. Yeah, I no, think no. that could be right. Come that on, could be a I, all of our that like favorite like old man old women like grandma and grandpa actors all like funny oh golly so good it would be such a good like satire too right like Mm -hmm. so it would just mm. you have those like these four old men with their you know canes and they're just yeah walking in with the like the wind blowing and the toupee flies off and then the you know it's but the women are still all like, woo, they they have both their hips. Like, woo. To get get the young people in, you get, like, the current up-and-comers to play the staff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, sort of witnessing all of this. But no, that would be hilarious. Yes. Mm, Manifesting. Manifesting. I I suddenly remembered, because when when I was talking about, so, like, we mentioned Nuna romances and that being kind of the age group in the middle, but I suddenly remembered a very specific example, and I know we're not going far into dramas, I just want to bring it up because it came in my mind. To all the guys who loved me, that specific drama, mm. it is very much mm. older, you know, mm-hmm. older main character, because single mom, mm-hmm. but it's very reverse harem the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I just, I wanted to bring that up because yep. it's, it was not aged younger. So you can mm-hmm. once in a while have that middle mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. and still have the reverse harem but th- there's a lot of other drama going on and it doesn't feel as light because of the age thing yeah. but they gotta bring real life into it or whatever <laughs> right yeah. but as far as the mechanics it it reflects the younger stuff yeah mm-hmm. i wonder how long it will be before korea attempts a boys over flowers remake like remake, a straight remake. up remake. Will they you ever know? allow such? I know. I, <laughs> all I can see in my head, though, is that, oh my goodness, why am I losing his name right now? Lee Min Ho? The Lee young Min guy Ho? who always plays the young guys? Min Ho. There we go. Mm. Lee Min Ho. Lee Min Ho plays the, like, the comatose dad. <laughs> in the remake as a little like if they were no, that they like play, play like, the mom she plays the evil mom yeah. like have her play the evil mom and he plays the like dad in a coma like how that would kind of that would be pretty that funny pretty i will admit that would be pretty funny i guess it's possible that it could happen and like probably because we haven't seen that is because just 
now Kim Mum has gotten out mm-hmm. of military. So like yeah. it would definitely have all of those staples back. You would see the mom, you would see like all those boys, you would see her, like you would just yeah. see every single one of them. And so like now officially they're all out of the military. So maybe that's <laughs> like, like was their plan all along. They're like, Haha, <laughs> I wonder I wonder at the very least if they're gonna do one of those specials like they did for Coffee Prince. I can mm. see that too. Yeah. They would definitely get viewers, I can tell you that. For sure. So yay, Flower Boys. Yay. Mm-hmm. Oh, just as like a little just end note that literally came to my mind while we were talking. If you want to see sort of a more of a parodic, like a parody sort of of the whole concept, there is an anime. It is on Netflix and it's called Monthly uh, Girls Nozaki-kun Chef's Kiss. It has all of these, but done from like, what if the flower boy was very stupid? <laughs> like very stupid um it's hilarious it's one of my favorite animes and one of my favorite mangas so uh i just I just plug that at the end you know for because we're talking flower boys and it's literally about a guy who writes flower boy comics who doesn't realize that a girl is trying to date him for the entirety of the show <laughs> so it's it's delightful uh so yeah flower boys right <laughs> well, but, you know who doesn't love who doesn't who doesn't love a good flower boy want to go into a coffee shop and be served you know a latte by a handsome man in an apron <laughs> likes you <laughs> like, who, yeah who cares about you as a person right <laughs> right not as a sexual object incredible incredible yeah uh, if, and you can just sit there and bask in all of the pretty people that yes, you feel safe yes. around yes, like that's exactly. the no one's gonna spike your drink you're in a safe place my and dude just say like flower boy dramas have some really great families they i do just, they do like within that reverse harem is a found family in the yeah. making <laughs> often those guys are gonna argue and you know get on each other's nerves in the beginning but when it comes down to it they're gonna have each other's back and it's yeah. great you like do you like some dairy characters? Oh, Flower Boy's got some dairy characters coming up a wazoo. <laughs> yeah, they love all that. <laughs> and that's kind of another fun aspect of it, is how they often check up all the personality lists yeah. with, within a, har- a reverse harem. It's always fun. Yeah. There's it's always fun. a himbo in there. Like always. <laughs> I think at least that's one. That's also gotta be part of the like appeal to it because it's well, yeah, sick. like the himbo. You know, the himbo's like, sort the, of like you know what you're the, getting. Yeah, you, you know? do. You like you can, you can you can sit there with a checklist okay which one's a sundere got it okay yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. if, if you know that you like that checklist you're gonna watch that mm-hmm. drama mm-hmm. and know that's like you're gonna like it at least a little bit like it's not gonna be something that you're like gonna be like oh man halfway through i hate this right and i feel like you know if if you're even mentioning himbos himbos are like the flip side of the female gaze of the fat flower boy where it's like it's a man who looks big and strong, but has the soft respect women juice that he drinks every morning, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what women want. They want flower boys <laughs> and himbos, okay? That's what we want. Like, that's going on a t-shirt, hurt, fellas. a mug. 
That's Natalia. <laughs> Look at Natalia's brain going. She's like, oh, that's it. I'm making it. That's the next shirt. Um, um, if you it, make I'll that fucking, happen and then make I'll it. I'll fucking do some, it this weekend. I'll fucking do fabric. it this weekend. I'll, I'll buy the fabric and I'll make things out of it. <laughs> yes. There will be a all women want are flower boys and himbos. Perfect. Thank you, ladies. You've done it again. Uh, anyway, this has been you know, a nice informative episode about the history and the, the love of flower boys coming out of, you know, Korea and Japan. Uh, thank you for listening. We love having you as listeners. And we especially love all the people over on Patreon who are members of the Certified Found Family and keep the lights on. We had our first uh, Found Family movie night. It was great. We had a good time. Um, we watched Your Name Engraved Herein, which I think was a fantastic film. It's on Netflix. You should check it yeah. out. And in other fun Nuna news, we will be taking part in a little online convention this summer we are going to be part of the k-pop social night podcast festival which is going to be taking place from july 10th to 11th and until the 20th you can get tickets for five dollars uh and then the regular sale starts on june 1st and it'll be 15 bucks a ticket um and it all will be raising funds to help the national alliance on mental issues so that's really great and it's for a good cause there's going to be a ton of podcasts and guests and things that's going to be dramas and k-pop two whole days of good times so a pretty good deal for a good cause and if you have any ideas for our panel topic like you know we're we're still deciding what we're going to be doing for our panel and we will keep you all posted on when we have like more specifics about what time and day our panel will be on and we think you should go check it out for a good cause. Uh, thank you for listening. You can listen to us wherever podcasts can be found. But if you want all the links and deets, go to certifiednews.com where each episode gets its own blog post that has all of the relevant information. We also have several playlists for you who are here for the music on Spotify. Uh, so yeah, that's a good time, and uh, we hope that you have a fantastic week and enjoy some uh, maybe some enjoy some flower boys in your life. <laughs> you know, pr appreciate all the flower boys that just are near and dear to our hearts. Anyway, have a fantastic week. Stay safe and keep enjoying Asian entertainment. Bye. Bye. Bye.